They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Next Gen On Mission. We are so glad that you're hanging out with us today. And today, I am so excited about the topic and the guests. We're going to talk about resuscitating evangelism and next-gen ministries. And with that, our guest is Jordan Easley. I am so excited about this conversation. Jordan is the pastor of First Baptist Church, Cleveland, Tennessee. He is an author, a communicator, evangelist, husband, and father. And Jordan, welcome to the Next Gen on Mission podcast. So glad to have you, my friend. Thanks, man. I'm pumped up to be with you guys. Awesome, brother. Hey, well, before we get too spiritual... Hey, tell us one fun fact we need to know about you that maybe we don't already know. Oh, man, that's a good question. Let me see. I don't know. One fun fact. One fun fact is about 20 minutes ago, I was in a chicken coop <laughs> uh, gathering eggs on my farm. So I live in the country. I'm a country boy most of the time and a city boy other times. But uh, there you go, man. I was uh, collecting eggs for my chickens. There you go. I love it. Man, so you live on a farm. Dude, I am envious. I'm jealous. I'm going to have to take this to the Lord and repent because I grew up in the country. <laughs> Same, man. Grew up in the country. But now, dude, I'm in the suburbs, man, where I'm surrounded by Starbucks and uh, houses on top of each other. So, dude, I'm jealous that you spent the morning in a chicken coop. I'll be honest. I've been there, done that, man. I've, I've lived in the concrete jungle, and there's just something about the air is a little bit fresher in the in the woods. And so... It's fun, man, but wherever you are, listen, you're exactly where the Lord wants you to be, I'm sure. Yeah, that's right, brother. Hey, well, I love to always kind of open uh, the podcast with the with the exact same question, and it's so fun to hear the different responses from leaders all across the nation. But Jordan, you're around the next generation all the time. Your church is reaching the next generation. You uh, speak at events all the time in front of the next generation. What do we need to know about the next generation? When I think about the next generation, I really do think about a generation that has their ear to the ground. It's a, it's, a, it's a generation that is paying attention, and it's a generation that is very intentional with the things that they do and the things that they say and the things that they believe. And, you know, the more people I talk to in, in this generation, I think, about, I think about the conversations that I'm having right now, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking about... Hold on, hold on a second, dude. I've got dogs all over the place. This COVID nineteen, <laughs> everybody in the house thing is driving me crazy. No, I it's love it, man. When, you, when you're trying to have a good conversation, you got dogs barking. Dude, but, hey, yeah. hey, just so you know, we're totally leaving this in the podcast because this is real life. I want this thing to be authentic <laughs> and transparent and raw, and that's what this is, baby. I love it. It's unbelievable. But <laughs> back to what I was saying. The next generation is not, they're not going to take the, uh, they're not going to take the facade that the world tries to present them. They want to know the truth. And they're going to keep digging until they figure out what the truth is. Now, this is a generation that they've, they've grown up with, they've grown up with devices in their hands. They've grown up being entertained. And I just see a, a true desire to get beyond the facade, to get down to the truth and to figure out how this really does apply to their life moving forward. Yeah, I agree, Jordan. Jordan, you know what's so interesting uh, about all this, Pastor, is that, man, I, I think you're probably the 19th or 20th conversation we've had so far on the Next Gen on, on Mission podcast, and every response to that question, tell us what we need to know about the next generation, is positive. 
that that excites me. Like mm-hmm. everything that people are saying is positive. Uh, we know there's many issues and and brokenness and sins very real, but I just love man. There's an overall positive view of the next generation coming up. I love that man. So yeah, I I, I think if if somebody's going to be negative, it's just because the next generation is different than their generation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not that they're they're bad or they're worse. They're just different. Yeah. And I think that's a positive thing. You know, shame on us if we're unwilling to adapt the way that we reach people or talk to people or minister to people because we recognize the fact that people are different. And so for me, it's a constant challenge to evaluate how we do what we do. Are we willing to adapt and change if it's going to be more effective in reaching people that are different than we are? And so that's been a huge part of our ministry strategy. I love that. I love that. Hey, so in light of that, let's talk evangelism. You know, I feel like evangelism is kind of one of those uh, junk drawer terms, you know, that, you know, we got the junk drawer in our house where, where everything that we don't know where to put ever, you know, anywhere else, we kind of throw it in that drawer. And I feel like evangelism sometimes, if we're not careful, is one of those where are like, okay, uh, when we're trying to figure out all the things that we're doing and we don't know what department to put it in or we don't know what team to put it on, we just throw it under evangelism. But biblically speaking, what is evangelism? Evangelism is the the, uh, the willingness and the ability to to share your Jesus story with somebody else. The hope that you have, if you're if you're willing to share that hope with somebody else, I believe that's true nature of evangelism. You know, a lot of times people we're grateful that somebody told us about Jesus. I've never met a Christian that said, you know, I really wish that someone would have just uh, skipped me over when talking about the greatest <laughs> hope that they have through Christ. You know, everybody's grateful that somebody shared Jesus with them. But very few Christians I meet today are really willing to share that hope with other people. Now, that's what this whole conversation really began with, is is resuscitating evangelism. You know, evangelism used to be a priority. We used to really promote that. When I was growing up, evangelists were kind of heroes. You know, Mm -hmm. I grew up when there were tent revivals, and people would travel from city to city, and people would share the gospel and extend invitations, and we would celebrate when people got saved. And we celebrated when we got saved. But really that's kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. Times have changed and things are different and there's new targets that we're aiming for instead of seeing people saved. And so that's where this conversation started with resuscitating evangelism is bringing it back to life and making it a priority once again, because there's some people out there right now who are not saved, who are counting on the church to be the church. Oh man, that is so good, Pastor. And I agree. I, I heard a Navy SEAL say this several years ago. Um, and he was talking about being lost and, uh, you know, his troops and friends coming to find him. Um, but he's, he made a statement and I couldn't help but think of it evangelistically. He said, there's the only thing worse than being lost is being lost and no one looking for you. And I was like, wow. Yeah, wow. And I thought of that in the light yeah. of evangelism. Hey, so yeah, Jordan, you, I mean, you hit on a little bit. Why do you think, um, you know, so many churches, and not to point fingers, and we're not here to build up. We want to, or you know, we're not here to tear down. We want to build up. But in the reality of the state of many local churches, why has so many local churches grown cold evangelistically? And then, how do we practically turn that around? I I believe it's because we have an incorrect view of what discipleship is. Mm. I think I think there's a lot of churches who who get part of discipleship right and, and don't have a full understanding of what Jesus says a disciple is, you know? When he, he's talking to disciples, he's saying, you will be fishers of men. I mean, it was never an option. Yep. You're going to fish for people. 
And really, you know, we, we forget what it says in, in Ephesians chapter four, that we should be equipping people for the work of ministry. Well, that includes evangelism and fishing for people and doing what Jesus tells us to do. But there's a lot of people who, who really believe that discipleship is just, it's huddling up with the same people and getting knee to knee and, you know, reading more and asking more questions and, and really huddling up as, as the body of Christ and never breaking the huddle. You know, I think huddles are dangerous in the church. I really do. I think, you know, the point of a huddle, and, and I'm talking to athletes here, if you've ever been in a huddle, you know this. The point of the huddle is you get as tight as you can with, with the same people so that you can you, you can talk to one another and communicate with one another. And the point of the huddle is to prevent the people from the outside from getting on the inside mm. and, and, and hearing what you're talking about. And we, we love to promote huddles in, in churches. But the fact of the matter is Jesus calls us to huddle as the church so that we can call the play and then go run the play. You got to break the yeah, huddle and run the play. Yep. And a lot of times we forget to break the huddle and to run the play for the purpose of making more disciples that can make more disciples. And that's how the church grows. That's God's plan for, for the world. That's, that's the great commission lived out in a sports analogy, right? I mean, that's what, that's what we're called to do. And so when you're talking about a church that is not growing, is not seeing new growth and new people and people being saved and baptized, a lot of times it's an incorrect view of discipleship and we're huddled up and we're not breaking the huddle and we're not running the plays God's telling us to run. Dude, that is awesome, man. I'm over here wrote this down. Hey, I just want you to know I'm still in that illustration. Like uh I'll give you credit. I'll give it I'll give you credit twice and then after that it's mine. Isn't that how that rule works? <laughs> hey, <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, I'm sure I heard it somewhere. Yeah, hey, Jordan, I think that's the title of your next book, Breaking the Huddle, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, how true is that though? Oh, spot on. Yep. Hey, well, Jordan, it's obvious that you're passionate about evangelism. Uh, you're effective with evangelism. Obviously, in the, talking about discipleship, obviously the Lord used someone or someones to instill that in you. So besides the Holy Spirit himself, who like instilled that passion in you? Well, first of all, I will say it's the Holy Spirit first, because I think evangelism breeds evangelism. Mm-hmm. Like when you... When you throw seed on the ground and you see a harvest come, it makes you want to go throw more seed. And I've just been in an environment since I was a child where I've seen harvest after harvest after harvest. You know, there have been many men who have poured into my life, um, none more than my dad, who I had the privilege of co-writing, resuscitating evangelism with, which made that project a whole lot easier mm-hmm. to have him in the corner. But, um, you know, I mean, when I was a kid— this when I was six years old, I went to an evangelism training class that my dad led, and then I got to lead my first person to the Lord not long after that, you know, wow. because um, from the time I was just young, my dad let me know that, you know, the Christian life isn't all about me. It's about what God wants to do in me, but also what God wants to do through me. You know, he told me when I was a little boy that God saved me to use me, not just mm-hmm. saved me. Yeah. And a lot of times people are growing up with this understanding or this thought that says, Listen, it's all over. Once I get saved and baptized, that's the finish line. But I, I was raised in an environment where that was seen as the starting line. And yeah. so I knew that when I'm saved, man, God saved me to use me. And so let's go for it. And so really starting as a, as a young boy, being around my dad, 
um, he, he taught me what it was to be soul conscious. Mm-hmm. And I, I want you to think about this term because the term I've lived with, it's a term that's written all throughout our book. And it's really the point of resuscitating evangelism. It's, it's getting Christians to become more soul conscious, to understand that every person we encounter is going to die and spend an eternity in a real place called heaven or hell. Yeah. And so from, to answer your question, that really began with him. Now, I've, I've had the privilege of serving alongside many great pastors, preachers, evangelists, um, Jack Graham at Prestonwood. Mm-hmm. I served with him for several years at, in Dallas, and he had a great impact on my life. Uh, I worked uh, alongside Dr. Charles Stanley in Atlanta, and I saw God bless his ministry, and he used me, uh, or he he used that time to really instill a lot of things in me about teaching, preaching, extending invitations. I worked with Ed Young Sr. at Second Houston for about five and a half, six years, and I've never met a, a person more passionate about evangelism than him. In fact, yep. he'll tell you straight up. He said, I, I don't feel like I'm a great preacher. I don't feel like I'm a great leader, but I'm a great evangelist. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is what he does. He wakes up thinking, who am I going to lead to the Lord today, yep. every single day? Yep. And so I've just been surrounded with guys like David Landreth at Long Hollow. I mean, I could keep going and, and just really brag on the Lord because he surrounded me with people that have come alongside what my dad instilled in me as a young man. And just they've they've continued to just build on to the fire that that is in my heart. I mean, I'm grateful that I'm saved. I'm grateful that somebody told me about Jesus. And every time I see somebody, I'm wondering maybe maybe they've never heard the gospel. Maybe this is the moment. And I mean, if all of us thought like that, there'd be a whole lot a whole lot less lost people in the world. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And and Jordan, man, same with me. You know, people ask me that same question all the time. How, you know, where did that just fire in your heart? And, and I was like, well, the Holy Spirit, first of all. But secondly, yeah, the Lord has just been so faithful to place men of God in my life that are further up the road than me to pour into me, you know, starting with my first pastor uh, and then, you know, uh, Dr. Jim Richards and now uh, Johnny Hunt, you know, and getting to run a race with him and him pouring into me. And so I would encourage listeners to say, you know what, if you say, I want to live evangelistically, I want to know what it's like to lead other people to the Lord, and I want to have that zeal and passion, then I encourage you to get with someone who already has that zeal and passion. Find someone in your life, find someone in your community, someone that you can connect with and begin to run a race with them um, because it's amazing how the Lord uh, will use that in your life. Jordan, let me ask you this. So for the the college student, young adult listening, uh, maybe junior high student, high school student that's listening that says, you know what, um, I, I have a friend or a family member or a coworker or someone on my sports team that is spiritually lost. Uh, my heart's broken for them. Uh, I want to share the gospel with them. Uh, what are some practical next steps you'd give them? You know, because especially here, you know, at the North American Mission Board, uh, you know, we have a huge initiative of who's your one. And that's challenging every yeah. follower of Jesus have one lost person that you're praying for every day by name uh, that you're investing in and going to share the gospel with. So for the, the young adult, college student, high school, junior high student that's listening, say, man, I have a spiritually lost friend, family members, somebody on my sports team that does not know Jesus and I want to share the gospel with them. What practical next steps would you give them? One thing I love about this generation is the fact that they're okay with a good challenge yep. and they believe that they could become an expert just by simply researching something. Yep. You know, we're blessed. Right now, you can 
you, you, you can, you can learn how to do anything this afternoon. If you want to learn how to work on a car, you, you can pull it up and you can find it on YouTube, how to replace a part or, you know, you could become an expert overnight. And the, and the same is true with evangelism. You know, there are so many different ways and so many different methods that you can, you can adopt personally and you can make your own. But, but I think a lot of it just has to do with, um, understanding, first of all, that God's called you to evangelism. It was never meant to be an option. Yeah. Um, and, and when we're obedient to that, the, the Holy Spirit really does work in us and through us if we know Him. And so I think it really starts with just a heart of obedience and understanding that God always blesses obedience and He never calls us to something that He doesn't equip us for. And so it's not like you, it's all on you, right? If, if you're willing to talk to a friend about Christ, it's not like it's, it's just you all by yourself and, and he's going to leave you hanging. No, God says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to speak in you and through you. And you got to believe that first and foremost. Um, but then secondly, I will say, do your research. Yep. Find, find that, that method. If it's, I mean, you can go old school. You can, you can, you can grab a Billy Graham's That's the Peace of God, or, or you can do three circles or, or you can just memorize three or four verses or even write them down in your Bible and, just walk them through the Romans road. I mean, there are so many different methods, but it starts with obedience, first of all, mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of boldness and a little bit of courage and a whole lot of faith. But I just believe that God, God will bless your willingness and your obedience, especially if you're willing to do the research and to come prepared, because it's a battle. The devil doesn't want your friends to come to know Christ, mm-hmm. and he's going to yeah. work on you, and he's going to work against you, and, and you've got to be prepared for the battle. Uh, that leads up to that conversation. You know, I've, I've sat on a lot of airplanes and, you know, I'm a pastor and I'm scared to death to talk to somebody about Christ most of the time. So I, I can't imagine how most people feel who don't have conversations like this every single day. Yeah. But the truth is God's with you. God's for you. This is what he's called you to be about and what he's called you to do. And so you got to trust the Holy Spirit and you got to trust that God's going to bless the conversation and give you verses that you didn't memorize and allow you to navigate conversations in ways that maybe you didn't predict or prepare for. And God just has a, he's got a unique way of uh, working through people that are willing to put their yes on the table and move forward in faith. Yeah, man. So helpful, Pastor. So practical. And I appreciate your humility in that. And I, I think it's helpful for people to hear that, to say, hey, I'm a pastor, I'm an evangelist, author, and I'm still nervous and get a little timid and share my faith. I think that's encouraging for people to hear that. Um, so, Pastor, we always close, uh, you know, our, our session, our time together, our conversation with the same on-mission charge. And the heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize they are the now generation, not just the future of the church, but the church right now. They have a mission now, a call on their life now. Would you give us one closing thought on that? Well, I think it's always, you know, there's always something inside of us that wants to just, uh, we want to back up and let the the other generations do it. I mean, even for me today, going back to this, I spent a lot of time with my dad. Uh, it's weird because my dad was always my pastor and now I'm, I'm his pastor and he's on my staff and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, but, but, but we spend a lot of time together. We go to restaurants and we'll have a waiter come up and, and for me, you know, I kind of default to him because he's there. And so I don't feel like I have to be on because I just go, I'm going to let him do it. And, and, and that's our natural tendency. I think just as, as a generation as a whole, it's like, well, we've got, we've got other seasoned veterans that can do this, you know, they can lead the charge in evangelism. They can do 
visitation. They can lead the small groups. And there's something inside of us that, that kind of just wants to sit back and wait for our time, Yep. which I think is crazy. Here's the thing. Now is your time, and you are only going to have today one time. Yep. You're only going to have this season one time. You're only going to have this opportunity one time. And for me, listen to me, I want to maximize every moment that God gives me on planet Earth, understanding that if I am saved, I am, I am a part of His church, and I have a mandate. I have a mission that is designed for me. And, and God says, now is time to go for it. Now is the time to step up. Now is the time to do something crazy that's going to require great faith because I want to use you in great ways. And for me, looking back, listen, when I'm an old guy, I want to be able to look back and say, when I was 40 years old, I was maximized for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. When I was pastoring that church or when I was waiting tables at that restaurant or when I was selling insurance at that, I want to say, when I was this age, I was maximized, not for my kingdom, but for the kingdom of God. And the only way that we can do that is to say, okay, right now I'm 18 years old. I'm about to go to college. I want to be be able to say I was maximized for the kingdom of God in college. You know how you do that? It starts by waking up every single day saying, I want to be maximized for Christ today. What does that look like for me? Agreeing that I'm going to be a part of the Great Commission. I'm going to understand that it applies to my circumstance right now. And I'm going to put... I'm going to put my shoes on in the morning and I'm going to start running to Jesus and I'm going to trust him with the results. You know what? If we do that as the next generation, when we're the old people, the world will look a lot different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my prayer is that everybody listening to this will understand that this, when, when Jesus speaks to the church, he's speaking to us. When he says, I've called you to be fishers of men, he's speaking to us. You know, when he commissioned the church to be faithful, to live by faith, to to move through persecution and difficult times and to adapt and to learn and to continue to share the love of Christ as the hands and the feet. He's talking to us, and we don't get a pass just because we're young. We don't get a pass just because there are people that have been doing it longer than us or maybe even do it better than us. But he says, I've called you to be on mission, and I've given you today as a gift. So, so look at today as a gift and just remember that God has great expectations you and he always blesses obedience every single time i love that man i'm so encouraged by that charge that is awesome i know those who are listening are encouraged by that jordan briefly tell us about your new book coming out because at the end i'm gonna encourage listeners to hang on at the end because we got a special offer for listeners so jordan tell us about your new book the new book is a is an easy read it's you know, it's only about nine chapters. My dad wrote half the book. I wrote half the book. And so it comes from multiple perspectives. But but the point of the book is this. The point is to identify the fact that that, that evangelism is on the decline. Mm-hmm. It's on the decline not only in our churches, but it's on the decline in a lot of our hearts and our priorities. Most of us don't wake up in the morning thinking, man, God, are you going to use me to lead somebody else to faith in Christ today and, and be a part of their eternity story? But But, you know, we believe that that God's called us to it, but now it's time to pray that God would resuscitate that in our hearts, in our churches, in our communities, and in our world. And we believe that this is going to be a tool, and it's already been used as a tool to resuscitate evangelism in, in our hearts and to make us more soul conscious. Listen, if, if at the end of reading this book, a listener would say, you know what, I look at the world differently. I look at every opportunity that God's given me differently. I've looked at that appointments now as divine appointments that God put in place for such a time as this. And, and 
you know what, if we could give somebody just a nudge in that direction or breathe a little bit of life and encouragement or to remind them of what Jesus called us to be about on planet Earth, then we believe it's been a successful ride. Uh, and we've seen God use that just to encourage the church. You know, this isn't a book that you read to lead somebody to the, you know, to be led to the Lord. It's a book that equips believers uh, to take what they know and take what they've experienced and to use it for the glory of God in an effective way. And so that, that's the idea of the book. The book is very simple. It's practical. It gives a lot of ideas, a lot of stories. It's an easy read. It's not deep or you know, it's not going to be something that scares people off after chapter one or two. Um, but hopefully it's it's something that will encourage the church, equip the church, and move us to a place where we're more soul conscious as we interact with people on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, great. And it's a very timely book. So thank you for writing it. And I'm so excited uh, for our listeners to get their hands on it and for others to to read it, be encouraged by it. Jordan, thank you so much for your time. This has been so practical, so helpful, so encouraging, uh, filled with humility and grace. So thank you for that. Jordan, how can people uh, connect with you, follow you on social media, online? Where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, just my name, Jordan Easley. Um, I'm on Facebook. I don't don't even know what it is. I think it's Pastor Jordan Easley on Facebook. And on Instagram, it's Jordan underscore Easley. Um, you can find me at firstbaptistcleveland.com and there's a lot of different resources on there and different ways that you can connect. And, and, uh, man, I'd love to be able to connect with people from all over the world. I love, uh, just encouraging other young leaders and young pastors, especially, and just, um, you know, locking up with them. We're all in this thing together and it doesn't matter if you're in a big church or a small church or, you know, where you went to school. I don't care about any of that stuff. All I care about is, locking up with people who are passionate about what God calls us to be passionate about, because guess what? For the next three or four decades, we get to do this together, and hopefully God will be able to use us uh, in, in ways that we can't even think or imagine. Love it. Well, friends, thank you so much. Jordan, thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening to the Next Gen on Mission podcast. If you have any questions on reaching the next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net, and we'll try to address those on a future podcast. Also, this is a special episode because we're giving away 100 copies of Jordan's new book, Resuscitating Evangelism. So for the first 100, and we can only do 100, sorry about that, but for the first 100 that listen to this podcast, send us an email at evangelism at nam. .net, say, I want Jordan's new book. We will provide on behalf of NAM a free copy for up to the first 100 people who do that. So we're excited to get that book in your hands. And friends, thanks for hanging out with us again. Have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.